Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. For this episode, we're going to be talking to the Coney Island warrior, Travis Dykes. Uh, this is a deathmatch dude who's known throughout uh, the Tennessee area, uh, that part of the Mid-South. Uh, wrestled a bunch of places, especially one of my favorites, TPW. Uh, this is a dude I, I'm excited to have on. I have a lot of questions and above him being uh, a crazy, crazy dude, he's also a genuinely just great guy and those are some of my favorites to talk to so you know the deal by now sit back sit tight and we're gonna be talking to travis dykes all right everybody we are back and we are with the coney island warrior travis dykes again travis thank you for taking some time today and uh talking to just some douchebag in his basement so i appreciate that <laughs> i appreciate you talking to some douchebag in his truck thinking about deathmatch weapons uh before we even talk about wrestling we're going to talk about your truck uh i'm a man who's had toyotas my whole life and is it just crazy that they won't die unless you fuck something up really bad man you really have to like ram into something like full-on ramming speed ram into something this one has it, last time i got the oil change i usually do it myself but there's so many leaks i took it in <laughs> And they were like, you have three massive oil leaks and your transmission's leaking and your power steering's leaking. I was like, okay, what do I do? They're like, no, just keep fluid in it. It'll be fun. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, all right. I, my first car was a 92 Camry. And at one point when I was driving all over the place, I was putting like 25,000 miles a year on it. And I, I finally killed it when I somehow forgot to put antifreeze in it and blew a head gasket. Oh, man, once you blow a head gasket, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, 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 it's gone. And then I had a Chrysler 300, which was fucking terrible. <laughs> that thing was... Really? Oh, I, I think it was... My wife and I honestly think it was a flood car from the city that someone moved upstate because... Yeah, Because, like, first the rear end rotted out, then the front end rotted out. And then I was like, I'm sick of just putting money into this thing because things are going wrong over and over. I think I had it for like three or four years, and the last two I didn't even inspect it. I just drove to work, which was like a mile and a half, and drove it home. <laughs> Those are so good. Like, you hear about how good they are, and then for something like that, man, that has to be something, some sort of water damage. That's all I can think of. And uh, now I have another Camry, and it's an 09. I still have, like... I have way less than 100,000 miles on I think I have like 80,000 and knowing that my wife was like I think we should trade it in and I'm like no because this thing can probably last another 10-15 years the way it is oh, now yeah oh I'm sure man this one has high miles it's almost 300,000 but I knew that my friend sold it to me and he was the first owner and he doesn't know shit about trucks or any vehicles <laughs> and I kind of do so I was like, ah, I can take care of it. So I'm going to, like, my ultimate goal is to make it like a, uh, like, almost a Mad Max kind of truck. <laughs> All right. I'm going to customize it real hard and, like, put the death-proof uh, skull and lightning bolts on it or something. <laughs> I mean, Right now it's just maroon, like, fuck. I actually like the way it looks now. I've, I've been able to see it. And, uh, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, man, that's an old Toyota. Oh, right, yeah. And then I was like, man, that just proves my point that you, anytime, <laughs> if you're not even paying attention, you will pass multiple 90s Toyotas that are still going. Oh my God. Until I got this one, I never realized how many Tacomas there are. Oh, yeah. Like this generation Tacoma. 
my God, they're everywhere. Like I live in a shitty small town in East Tennessee, and there's there's literally one that looks just like mine, two streets up from my house. When uh, when I had been at my job, when I had like just started, like six months in, and I've been there fucking forever now. There was a dude who showed up with like an '86 Celica, and it was still going. I mean, those '80s, late '80s Celicas, they all, they're still running down. Like, I just they're um, like warhorses, not you know, not warhorse, but like, you know what I'm saying? I they're know. reliable. Yeah, I just it's it's crazy. <laughs> And, and now what I think sucks is that I, I got so many kids that I need a minivan, but Sienna's hold their value so goddamn well, even trying to buy a used one's a pain in the ass. Man, don't get a Kia. My girlfriend's had two Kias. She has two kids, and uh, both of them fucking suck. My mom, Sorry, Kia. Allegedly. <laughs> like, I don't know. My mom has a soul. It's not terrible, but I also feel like there should be more room in them for the way they look, and they're, they're just actually small. I feel like they're smaller than a Hyundai Accent I drove. Yeah, I think you're right. Kia, apparently only the vans are bad, because I rented, when me, um, I took Brad to, um, King of the Death match when, um, Ricky Shane Page beat John Lloyd Murdoch in the finals. They did that Canadian Destroyer off the apron through that big, the big thing of light tubes. Yep. And, um, I rented a Kia Forte to go to Indiana, because I was driving a Blazer at the time, which also reliable, but not this one. <laughs> And um, it was awesome. And I was like, man, if I ever bought a new car, I'd probably get something like this. I'm just trying to picture you two in a Kia Forte driving from Tennessee to India. And the best part was Brad slept the whole way back. Because he can ask paint. That's just generally what he does. And um, I felt like we're coming through Kentucky. And when you get, because he lives in Knoxville. So, like, you go to Knoxville and go straight up to... Um, like Lexington and Louisville. So once you get through Lexington, back to Knoxville, it's just, especially after midnight, just black, just road. And I fell asleep a couple of times. And one time I fell asleep and drifted over into the rumble strips. Oh, shit. And I woke up and was like, what? And jerked it back on the road. And Brad just woke up and went, are you okay, man? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and just <laughs> got off the next exit and grabbed energy drinks. Just pounded energy drinks till I got home. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. He had he wrestled Masada, so he got the fuck beat out of him. Oh yeah, like, he, you know. He told me a few stories of Masada just beating the shit out. I actually sold Masada's merch that night, and like I've been a fan of Masada's for a long time, like since he was in uh, Ring of Honor with Carnage Crew, and even before that, uh, I followed him through PWI and stuff. And uh, he came out and he was just super nice. He was like, hey, you, I was selling Brad's merch, which no one bought, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh he blamed that on me because I'm not a good salesman and I was like yeah you're probably right and uh I sold a bunch of Masada's shirts and he was like the fuck Travis and I was like I don't know man but he was like hey will you sell my stuff too I was like uh sure cause I was like I mean he would never you know just assault somebody for no reason but like you see Masada work and you're like uh you know <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely afraid of Masada. I don't I, I don't know I don't know how I would I would handle myself in a regular situation. Well, it would be it's a total honor to work him. He's always been one of my favorites. But oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to buy one of those knives. Oh, I didn't even but, know he did that until it showed up on uh, 
his Facebook one day. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know he did all this stuff too. Man, he's really good. He's very talented in multi-different facets of life. I'm glad he's doing well. I know he was having some bad times there, apparently. But, like, he's, he looks so happy now in all of his pictures. And he got an AR-15, which I'm a gun person. So, like, he was out shooting it, and, you know, he just looks so happy. And he's making <laughs> knives and stuff. I'm I'm so glad. Yeah. But, like, you know, still. <laughs> still super scary once he's in the ring. Yeah. All right, so now we'll get into the actual talk of your life. <laughs> so <The> boring part. <laughs> uh, this is probably the question you've been asked a million times in your life ad nauseum. Uh, what? When did you get into wrestling? But do you remember if there was anything specific that hooked you onto it? I actually do remember. It was the summer of '98. So like back, I'm 32 now. So, when I was a kid, I was like 10, I guess, and um, there was a game for PS1 called Fighting Force. Okay. And not a lot of people heard of it. It wasn't huge, but it was made by um, the same people that made Tomb Raider, I think. And I actually... You go around there, you what? I actually have Fighting Force 2 for Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> 2 wasn't as good. No, it was I not. I only had Hawk, <laughs> but like... The first Fighting Force was instrumental to me getting in this business because, like, you just roam around New York City and, like, you can pick up anything as a weapon. Like, in the first level, you beat up a car, and, like, if you're Smasher, who's the big dude, he can pick up the engine block and throw it at people, and, like, you can rip off uh, elevator, like, uh, rails and hit people with them. And I was like, man, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. And then I saw, uh, it was around SummerSlam, Steve, uh, I was flipping through and Steve Austin was beating up Undertaker's hearse with a sledgehammer and I was like this is awesome because I always love monster trucks and shit and like um, I saw uh, like probably Mick Foley because I remember Hell in a Cell being around which was before you know, it was like June but like I remember a uh, hardcore match and I was like they're doing what they do on fighting force like they're just picking up chairs and stuff and hitting each other this is like real life fighting force. This is what I have to do. Like this is all I want to do is do <laughs> sh- stupid shit like this. And uh, I got more into it. And then they're like, Mick Foley's here, the king of the death match. And I was like, what's that? And then I saw um, like a clip of the exploding ring uh, from uh, Kawasaki Green tournament. And I was like, man, this is super cool. The first lackluster explosion of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Eddie Kingston's one of my favorite wrestlers. And, like, I got, uh, when I worked out at WA, he was there. He was working the show. And, like, I'd interviewed him years before when Chikara randomly came to Kingsport, Tennessee. And um, I've always been a huge fan. So being able to be on the same show as him was huge for me. And then him getting signed, I was so happy for him. Oh, yeah. Such a genuine guy. And, like, then that happened, and I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> of all people, why Eddie Kingston? That's how I was feeling, too. Uh, I actually was working ring crew for IWS in Montreal when I was 18, and he worked a few shows, and I got him and Player Uno to sign uh, an original <laughs> NES, and I still have it upstairs. <laughs> it's just funny how years later, now they're in 
they're in AEW together, and I just have this fucking thing. I love him as new gear, that leather like shirt thing he wears, and his new band, like the Evil Uno mask. Yeah, uh, and he's like he's slimmed down. He looks good, but like, man, we all saw that pay per view. <laughs> He's a nice guy too. Like I didn't get to meet him, but I've been Facebook friends with him for a long time. Yeah. Like since he was just like he left Jakara and PWG or whatever, and was wrestling just in Canada again. And like I, we never really talked, but he's always you know just been really really nice. Yeah, I can't say enough great things about either of those guys. Kingston's another one that's intimidating, though. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I think it was one of those things where I was just so young and stupid. And I just thought he was super cool, so I just wanted to be... Wherever he was that night, I wasn't too far. And he was just super awesome to me when he didn't really need to be. Because literally, I was just a fucking kid at that point. And he was, like, humoring me the whole time. The I think... I'm trying to think. He went there a few times, and then I hung out with him at a show in Albany. And I just... He... You can tell he's somewhat... Well, just from personal experience then, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm thinking it's still the same. But he's a dude who really cares about the fans who care about him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been following his career for a while uh, when he came down. Chikara came down in, like, I guess 2011. I was taking a break from the business at the time. So I showed up to be a photographer and get him free because, like, every wrestler is a cheap piece of shit. So, you know. <laughs> and um, I got to interview him for some website that it probably isn't around anymore. And if it is, I'm sorry. And I definitely won't get another interview with them. But, uh... <laughs> He was incredibly nice, and like, just uh, like he's way funnier than you would imagine. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. The, but that was um, I don't know if you ever saw Sarah Del Rey versus Kana, where they don't have a bottom rope. But oh. that was the main event that night, and I, was, I had a huge thing for Sarah Del Rey, <laughs> and like she's just like she was the best woman wrestler in the world, and Kana was like right there too and they did the main event it was one of the best matches I've ever seen live well also one of the most brutal I don't know if I have seen that one but I do believe you in that it was super brutal Uh, I think that match specifically is on YouTube that's definitely one to check out alright I'm gonna have to look it up after this Uh, no but but fighting force is what led me to wrestling because I was like, hey, weapons. Sorry, I get off on tangents a lot. It's okay, I do too. Pretty, pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD because, lol, who has insurance? But, like, you know. I was diagnosed with ADD at five, and it's never gone away, so I feel you. It's probably ADD, not HD, because I'm... I'm just a sloth. I'm uh, as fuck. You've seen me wrestle, you know. I, uh, I, when I was first diagnosed, it was ADHD. And then I even remember when it happened. 1997, fourth grade comes along, and I feel like overnight, all of a sudden, this gut just sticks out. And the hyper part stopped, but my overeating didn't. And it's it's been a downhill slope since then. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> I'm trying to do better, though. Like, uh, I'm going to cut out, not all red meat, but a lot of it. And I'm going to, like, I'm, I've got a schedule for my, um, my COVID vaccine. So when I get it, I'm going to go back to the gym. Because I live, I take care of my uncle, who's 70. And he actually made me my first barbed wire bat. He, me and him watched the, uh, I ordered through our video, through the mail. 
a VHS tape because I'm fucking old now. Oh, uh, I'm the same and, age, uh, man. The, uh, we watched it, and I was like, I really want one of those bats. But you can't buy those. He was like, well, we could make one. So we went to Lowe's and got some barbed wire, <laughs> and then we got a bat from, like, Walmart or whatever. And, like, we would just went in the basement, and I I was, like, 10 years old. And I had this barbed wire baseball bat. I still have it. Like, I use it sometimes. That's awesome. And, like, he's the coolest, man. He loves to see me get beaten up. <laughs> if I get insulted, if I get beaten up, if I bleed, or, like, he used to hit me with his truck sometimes. <laughs> like, he would hit me, and I would fly up on the hood, and then he would go to the end of the parking lot and stop real hard, and I would fly <laughs> off. Like, we're having some good times down here, man. Great. That is great. But so like, I got to take care of him now because he can't drive anymore. So I drive him around and, you know, make sure he eats and stuff. Well, it's an admirable thing, man. Oh, but that's why I, can't, I didn't go to the gym for so long because I didn't want to catch COVID from any of the non-maskers that are prevalent throughout society, but especially <laughs> small southern towns. Or in small upstate New York towns. It's pretty much this. It's actually one thing I kind of noticed between the time I was down there and my life up here is that they're very similar, actually. I feel like upstate. Farmland, man. Yeah, it's just like a misplaced southern state. <laughs> just up here. Man, my tag partner's from Maryland. And, oh, you met Sarah, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, my tag partner's from Maryland. And, like, she's from more, like, Baltimore. Like, she's from Bel Air. So it's more like city, but apparently everything like Prince George County is exactly like here, except for the mountain. <laughs> and I only saw Prince George County one time on the wire, but it looked like here. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, trying to get back on track, who were some of your favorite wrestlers when you were when you were watching? Oh, God, my first favorite wrestler is Tom Dallas Page. I'm not sure why. Like, I mean, obviously he's great, but, like, I'm not sure what it was about him specifically. Because I know, because, okay, Jim Parker Promotions was a big deal down here. Oh, yeah. Like, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And um, everybody loves Sting and the Steiners, specifically those, when I was growing up. And, and, like, people liked Hogan, but, you know. It wasn't the same. Yeah. And um, I turned it on one time, and DDP did, maybe... It was because he was, like, the people's champ or whatever and, like, represented the common man and shit. And, um, I don't know. It was also that he was super tough and, like, he had those uh, matches with Raven specifically. The weirdest part is I'm a huge Raven mark now. Like, he's my all-time favorite. But I have fucking hated him then because he would constantly beat up DDP. Yes. The first show I ever went to was WCW. And DDP beat uh, Brian Adams in the main event. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best. Like, I was like the, my, the highlight of my life up to that point. And that was actually the one of the points where DDP was super fucking over. So I get it. I do get it. Yeah, it was like right before. I was watching it before WWE. And it was like his feud with Raven was going on. And then he transitioned to fight uh, Rodman. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, oh, can't you just fight Raven again? Those matches were way better. But <laughs> So, was it just watching the hardcore matches that made you decide that you wanted to be a wrestler? Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw Mick Foley do something on Raw, probably when he rode the stretcher down the ramp. 
and like some of his hardcore matches on Raw, and then Raven and DDP's matches. Because I remember I got the WCW magazine, and they were describing the Bowery Cage death match, and they're like they had like uh, stop signs and trash cans and like a VCR, and I'm like, this is the coolest I have to do this, <laughs> which. My girlfriend fucking hates because I have, like, my entire basement is full of shit I pick up, like, out of dumpsters and off the side of the road and stuff, or, like, at thrift stores, and I'm just like, I can hit somebody with this. And then I discovered ECW, and that was, I mean, my God, that was it. That was, yeah, that was that was the, the breaking point of just all out, I need to do crazy shit. I would watch, I was like, uh, I would watch New Jack matches, and when he throws trash can out, I'd be like, so what's this, what's this? Can I get one of these? Like, you know. I'm trying to remember what show it was, but there was one time he pulled a fucking vacuum out of one and nailed somebody, and I marked like it was the coolest fucking thing ever that somebody just um, took a vacuum to the fucking face. He, uh, specifically the one I remember is November to Remember 99. It was That was the first ECW paper you ever bought, and he pulled that vacuum out and hit um, Angel in the Balls with it. Oh, it might. Like, That's the fucking coolest. And I love Balls Mahoney. Like, because he was another fat guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he could wrestle. That's what people don't don't seem to get about Balls Mahoney is he could really, really wrestle. He was super talented. I will never he was forget. Just, you know. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, no, I mean, he was just Balls Mahoney. Like, I'll never get going to like an original ECW house show. It was like one of the only ones they ran up here. And that, that Scott Hall was randomly at, too, of all fucking people. And Balls was in the opener, and I swear to God, he was trying to bust this dude hard way with a chair. I don't remember the name. I think it was just a local dude. But if that kid didn't leave with, with CTE that night, I would be super surprised. Because he just kept fucking nailing him super hard and then checking his forehead and then rolling him over and fucking picking him back up and then nailing him again. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. It was like special painted chairs and the super hard chair shots. So like the first, I don't know, until I met Sarah, uh, whenever I was in the business, I would always take super hard chair shots and not ever try to protect myself. And then she was like, you're fucking dumb. And I was like, it's just the way you do it, man. And I did a Raven seminar and Raven was like, hey, protect yourself. And I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> that was it. That was When he said it, it finally got through. Yeah, she should have told me still for that. <laughs> so, what do you remember from your training? I was out in one of the more, like, rural spots in Tennessee, and we were in somebody's yard, and it was summertime. I trained from, like, March or April of 06 till um, my debut in September. So, like, all that hot-ass 100-degree summer, we were just outside doing rolls and, you know, taking bumps and shit. That sounds awful. There's a, a local dude, um, his name, well, his name then was Ace Carter because of his then fortune now. He trained me. He trained all of us. He um, paid half on the ring. Him and the guy that would get, become the promoter bought the ring, and we're going to start our own company. Because the company that was around here at the time were like, no fuck you backyarders whatever and we're like alright well if you're not going to I guess we will and we did and we ran in this little town called Rogersville and it was like none of us were very good well Menace was good 
Menace was at uh, CCW one time, but he's he's so good. He could go anywhere. But and Bobby Eaton was around. That oh was wow! Bobby lived in uh, Kingsport, and you know any local wrestler is going to know Bobby Eaton. Of course, anyone. so I actually got to train with him a, a couple of times. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, <laughs> train me because he didn't. But like, he is the nicest man. Him and uh, G Raver are the nicest men in wrestling. I have never heard anyone on the planet say anything bad about Bobby Eaton, but I have heard people say that the reason why he's not a trainer at the Performance Center is that he sometimes has trouble explaining what he wants you to do. He definitely does, and part of it is um, he's from Alabama, so like <laughs> even I can understand him, and I get really like mumbly. I, I'm more southern sounding now than I used to be but like I get really mumbly like Eddie Vedder level of mumbly but Bobby Eaton man he's the sweetest man but holy shit sometimes I have to ask him three or four times but some of it is also he just he can't explain how to do it he just knows how to do it and And like he would just have to show you you know he just have to do it yeah and like I get that I'm the same way I mean not that I'm any good but like you know, with other stuff, I can't explain it. It's just you just do it this way. You yeah, know what I mean. And I, I get that, and and I think that's sometimes why people, like people who really know wrestling, get confused by like why he's not in a position like that. Because whether people want to admit it or not, Bobby Eaton's one of the greatest workers of all time. So, and that's really the thing is like he's not somebody you think of automatically. But if you ask any good wrestler, and even bad ones, obviously, because <laughs> I'm saying it, but like. If you ask any wrestler who knows anything about wrestling, there's like Bobby Eaton's one of the best, and man, he really is. Yeah, I, I, I love, I loved when I finally smartened up and then went back and watched a lot of his older stuff, and I was just like, holy fucking shit, Bobby Eaton was the fucking man. <laughs> one thing I will say, um, I watched a match. I think it was the Midnight, and. Um, it's probably Jimmy Valiant and Ron Garvin as Miss Atlanta Lively. Yes. Okay. One, Ron Garvin still lives down here because he was in the Knoxville territory for a long time. Yep. Ron is still in better shape than I am, for one. Oh, I believe that. But also, him wrestling in those heels, he had them on all match. That's fucking impressive. Like, that's impressive <laughs> for a woman that wears heels. He's a, like, 260-pound man wearing those heels and, like, throwing, you know... He hip-tossed Bobby on the floor, and Bobby's hip-tosses are always great. And even I, like, you know, Deathmatch, been a Deathmatch fan for a long time. I saw it, and I was like, Jesus. Like, he just, he, like, hits and skids. Like, it just looks brutal. Man, I was just, I was just, I'm still picturing Miss Atlanta Lively. Like, who pitched that fucking gimmick? And then Ron Garvin's just like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, Ronnie Garvin don't give a fuck. No. He never has. But, like, for him to be so good still, like, in the heels, you know. Ronnie Garvin was just another dude who was fucking mad good. If no one watched that buildup of the feud with him and Flair, of him winning the title and dropping it, I have, like, a four-disc fucking DVD set about it. And the whole thing's fucking great, and it doesn't get enough credit. It, uh, he wasn't a good NWA champion, but that I don't think that was his fault. No, it was definitely, the way I guess it was presented was, hey, we need someone to take the belt from Flair so we can build, you know, people wanting to watch Starcade. Anybody interested? 
And, you know, he's, like, in his 40s at that point, and, like, yeah, fuck it. I'll take the belt for, like, a fucking month. You kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. So, what do you remember most from those early years wrestling on the indies? Oh, man, I have a great story. <laughs> All right. So, my second match ever was supposed to be a top eight death match. Because, uh, like, I got in and was just like, I want to do death matches. And nobody was doing them down here. This was 2006, and, like, in the South, you were just, it was a backyard outlaw bullshit. Yep. And, like, it was really, like, Colt the Cornet, fuck you, you're an asshole backyarder. And, like, no one was doing it. I was like, I want to do that. So the guy that I was wrestling said that he had trained with Ian, and, like, basically he just lies about everything. I didn't know that at the time. I was, like, 18 years old. Yep. And um, he actually got... Um, a local music venue shut down because he said that he booked the Misfits and they sold tickets and then the Misfits are like who the fuck is this and what town is this so when they had to refund everything it bankrupted them oh. and he's, he's done that to several venues and so he's trying to do it in wrestling I guess but like he uh we had this whole thing worked out we're going to do all this stuff so we get out there and he just freezes and I'm like, okay, I'm like, what are we doing? And so he takes the surgical scalpel and fucking uh, mass transits me. Oh, no. He slides my forehead open. And I was like, I mean, it was full-on mass transit. Like, I've got a couple of pictures. I didn't have many that night for obvious reasons. But, like, I made sure to get one in particular. And, I mean, there's blood, like, I've always, since high school, I've looked basically like I do now. So, like, I flipped my hair back. And blood shot. I was in the ring, and it shot out of my forehead and into the crowd. Oh! So far. And I ended up... Um, I was going to finish the match, because it was like the second match. I didn't And they stopped it. I shoot DDT'd him and broke his orbital bone. Oh! And I beat him with that, that same barbed wire bat. I beat <laughs> his legs with that, because, like, at that point, you know. But, uh... I get to the back, and I'm like, am I going to have to go to the hospital? And Bobby Eaton looks at me, and he, his eyes are as big as stop signs. And he just goes, kid, please go now. And I went, okay. And I went, I got 36 stitches in my forehead. Jesus Christ. Um, other than that, it was pretty good. Like, <laughs> I never really left the small, this, like, one promotion that we started, small East Tennessee town. So that's why I'm not, I'm, I've been doing this for 14 years, and I'm still a rookie, it feels like. So, like, that's why I never got any better, because I never went anywhere. But we had some really good matches. My friend had a hearse. It was awesome. It was a 77 <laughs> Oldsmobile hearse. So we had, um, we had a match where I got, it was a tag match, like a last ride match. And uh, I got laid out on a table, and the high flyer swung on me through the table off the back of the hearse. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it, we would do shit like that because, like, our whole company got over because none of us were that good, but we all had a lot of heart, and you could really tell, like, we gave it our all, and everybody really liked it. Yeah, and... And so, we would do stuff like that. Like, we would back a hearse into the, uh, <laughs> into the building and throw somebody in it, or, you know, or I would make a barbed wire board or something like that. But I, I feel like you made a really good point there. Sometimes, you know, maybe the show isn't the best, but... When the people love what they're doing, that makes it a thousand times more entertaining than someone who's just kind of in there. 
Yeah, that's why, and, like, I figured we'd get to it eventually, but, like, that's why I love Cold 45 so much. Every Deathmatch show, every show I went to that I saw him, he was always, like, a beacon of positivity. Because wrestling is really, it's really easy to get, to lose your passion and just get ground down by everything. Yes. And Colt was never, ever like that. Like, he was just so happy to be doing anything and everything, because, like, that's all he ever wanted to do. And, I mean, it's all I ever wanted to do, but I'm still, like, a jaded piece of shit. And, like, <laughs> he was just so positive all the time. He was everything good about wrestling. And, that, I mean, that's part of the reason it hurt so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, as I said before, I never really had the chance to talk to him personally. But you could just tell. Everything he did, you could tell. And yeah. we lost someone that, not only way too young, but just someone in general who was good for wrestling. And that's that's even more terrible. And the last show I did uh, with him was in uh, Georgia. Yep, Pro Wrestling Georgia. For, yeah, Pro Wrestling Georgia. And he, <laughs> every time me and him were on a show together, my match would be good, but his would be, be- better. And I was like, oh, God, Colt, you're killing me. And he was like, sorry, man. I was like, no, don't. <laughs> like, it's good. Like, it's a good thing. You're really good, man. And uh, he, me and Sarah were there because she wrestled. Um, Wode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got her face lit up by that chair. And because she's like the toughest woman I know. <laughs> and um, we were both there, like, because we were the last ones to leave because we were with Brad. And Brad has to talk for 45 minutes to everyone. <laughs> And, um, I love Brad. I do too. I love Brad so much. I shit on him a lot. Like not as much as Tank does, but like <laughs> I, I genuinely would not have like any of my deathmatch career without Brad. Um, riding his coattails straight out of him. It's uh, but uh, they uh, we got to tell him we're like, man, you're you're like wrestling needs more of you. Like you're the like our favorite person to be in the locker room with. You know all the stuff about how great he was and how, because he was like, do you think I'm too positive? We're like, no, God, good God, no. Like, you're the only one that is. You know what I mean? So it was really cool. Um, and then when I found out, you know, I was just like, man, he wasn't even 30 yet. Like, he had a lot of potential. Oh, he had like, it unlimited someone potential. like me. You know what I mean? But that's not how it works. It, it, I would have loved to have seen him in GCW. Like, oh, my God. Some of the stuff he could have done. Oh, yeah. There's There was literally so much he could have done. And when I started, you know, getting the opportunity to, to do stuff with uh, TPW, I was super excited, you know, knowing, oh, I'm going to end up meeting Colt, and that's going to be fucking great. And I can't wait to tell him how super underrated he is and how it's a fucking shame no one's doing more with him. And I never got that chance. It's harder for Deathmatch guys in the South because... Oh, it, it is. Well, I mean, you know, up north, everything's basically within driving distance. Like Philly, New York, New Jersey, everything's kind of right there. So it's easy to get on a lot of shows. But down here, like, I mean, fuck, man, Charlotte's like 200 miles away from me. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, like Knoxville's 100. Like, it just sucks. Like, when I went to Carnage Cup, we drove like eight hours. It's still in Tennessee. We drove like eight hours. But, like, you can go 45 minutes to fucking Philly or New Jersey, 
it's a lot easier to be noticed. Like, not that they're not better than us, because a lot of them are. But, you know, and it's this thing. And I think that it's just one of those things that, uh, like, the South was one of the last places to embrace death matches. It really was. Which is ironic, since, like... Texas Deathmatch and oh, yeah. Session Slam Brawl and stuff like that. Which is something I, I didn't get, and that's one of the things like I kind of don't get with Cornette, is that like he'll hate on all this stuff, but it's like, if you go back and watch like a lot of old Memphis shit, they're fucking bleeding everywhere, they're fucking brawling all over the place, like, how is this different? It's just an evolution of that. <laughs> Man, in my town, uh, Kingsport, Tennessee, it's one of the tri-cities, it's near Bristol Motor Speedway. There was a guy, he was on Smoky Mountain, Ron, Ron Rye. Um, he was the Dirty Wild Boys manager in the wheelchair. Okay. So when he was, um, it was, I guess, the 60s. And, like, he stayed in the business basically until he, until Smoky Mountain closed down. But he was having this, it was called the Kingsport Chain Match. And there's all these great pictures of him and this guy, Waddy Caldwell. They had a super bloody feud. They started, like, wrestling, like, amateur wrestling at the uh, Boys and Girls Club. And they got into, like, I don't know who would have been running promotions here back then, I guess. The Fullers? It's Whoever did the Kingsport office. It's either got to be the Fullers or Jarrett's grandmother. Teeny, yeah. Um, Christine Jarrett. Um... There's always there's one great picture and he's got him. Ron Rod has Whitey called on. He looks like he's going to do the catapult move, but I mean it was probably I mean, Whitey died in 1972, so it was probably the late 60s. So I doubt it was the catapult, but like they're attached by this chain and they're both just bleeding like just gushers, bloods everywhere. It's in black and white, but it's stuff like that. I'm like, man, the South was built on fire, and like <laughs> both in wrestling and out, unfortunately, but like. All this stuff was big then. There's no reason to think it wouldn't be big now if you presented it the right way. Exactly. It's something. Ron Rod's one of my heroes, man. He had bloody matches back then, like before my mom was born. So I could have bloody matches now. Yeah. I really wish I could get a shirt or something made because a lot of people know him from Smokey still. Oh, but I'm sure in that area, yeah. His brother, because they were a team, the Rock Brothers. Uh, his brother still lives in town. Oh, that's awesome. I got a picture with him and Bobby Eaton when, um, back when Bobby got lost in that airport or whatever. Yes. Uh, one of my friends, well, I don't know if he considers me a friend, but uh, <laughs> definitely someone I look up to, Matt Sigman, found him and brought him, like, to town to the show that night. And it was the Ron Wright uh, tribute show. I got a picture with Bobby Eaton and Don Wright. And I was like, man, this is the fucking coolest. Sometimes wrestling is really awesome. It is. It's it's usually those right place, right time moments where you you know get yeah. to have those those fun I, experiences. I've been lucky in that regard. Uh, so I mean, you kind of gave this question away earlier, but uh, <laughs> so I was gonna say, you know, what made you want to do a death match? But apparently, it's all you've ever wanted to do. But like, I remember <laughs> when Mick Foley's book came out and they had that the the full color uh, pictures in the middle. Yes, I was ten years old. Like I was in elementary school still. And um, it was the picture of him holding a giant trophy. Yes. After the match. And he was still in the ring. And he had taken his one of dead shirt off. I ordered one of those from our video also. And um, I wish they still had those. Now it's one of dead or alive. But um, 
he's just covered in blood. He's got the white shirt on underneath, and it is like from his head to like his his tights covered in blood. And I pointed at it and I showed my mom. I was like, "This is what I want to do when I grow up." She was not a fan. But <laughs> I ended up. I mean, you know, not. I want to say being similar, but like, you know, as much as I can be, I guess. <laughs> Now, did you ever think, like, after, you know, when you got mass transited that you were done doing those? Or were you just like, no, I'm just going to do it with someone I trust more next time? Yeah, that <laughs> second one, definitely. Because um, I remember I left the hospital and I came back to the arena and they had cut a, somebody had cut a promo and said basically, like, we're not going to be out here like these kids with the mama's razors cutting each other up. We're real wrestlers. And I was just, the, they told him I was fired. I came back and was like, am I fired? Just all like covered in bandages. <laughs> like a fucking revolutionary war soldier. Like the fuck? <laughs> and like, they were like, no, but you got to learn how to really wrestle. And this was funny coming from a guy who trained with me in the same class. And I was like, okay. But, um, it was a long time before we got to do a death match anywhere near here. <laughs> I got to do light tubes a couple of years later. It was just a I made it like a grid of light tubes, like the the big blue cage kind of grid. Yes. And I got slammed on it, and I put barbed wire in it and stuff, and that went over really well. So they're like, okay, maybe you know, it was mostly more like hardcore stuff. Like I always figured it as hardcore was blunt instruments, and death match is sharp instruments. That's a good way to look at it. I saw that on the internet somewhere. I never thought of it. Probably Twitter. I've been trying to get into wrestling Twitter because that's how you get more opportunities. It is, honestly. You're not wrong. I have I have an issue with it, too. And, like, I guess I've seen met some really great people on Twitter, you know, through, like, just Twitter friends or whatever. But, like, I'm not as, I'm not funny like Danhausen or Warhorse. I'm not, you know... I just kind of, like, I'll share a funny picture that's related or something. So I got to step up my game. I, you are funny. You're you're very funny in person, but I can see how you might have trouble translating that to where your delivery, you know. It's hard yeah. on social media because, you know, sometimes if you have great dry delivery, which you do, and that's my kind of humor, it's not really translated well to social yeah, man, media. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I also overthink, so I'm like, um, I want to say this, and then I go back and rewrite it five different ways because I don't want people to take it the wrong way, you know what I mean? Yep. It kills the joke. It does. <laughs> I mean, I had something in my head and then I lost it. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Man, my original gimmick. Yeah, some of the questions was uh, that's what it is. Tony Allen Warriors. That was the right. next one, because and and my first thought is, oh, it's it has to be from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Oh yeah, I had a Warriors vest. I was going to come out and be like essentially Ajax, like I was back in MySpace days. My MySpace name was Ajax. Oh man, I remember. So MySpace. like, <laughs> man, if we'd only known how shitty Facebook would turn out. <laughs> but um. I had a, a, I still have my Warriors vest, but I have massively outgrown it, and not like in a muscular way. So it's just around because like I paid a hundred bucks for it back when I was broke and like homeless, and um, it's still a Warriors vest, like it's still super cool. Yeah, you know. 
Uh, like it's my girlfriend's size now. Like I, I here, sweetheart, wear this. But um, <laughs> I, just... I was going to be a, like one of the Warriors, and I had a baseball Furies jersey, or I had. Uh, I've lost it in the fifteen years it's been. But uh, I was going to have a baseball Fury do a run in on one of my matches into a baseball bat. <laughs> nice. Like it was going to be super cool. But for like for small southern towns, it's basically an audience of me. <laughs> I just finally Twitter had been around that. I uh, I just when I first saw the shirt, I was like, "Is he from the city?" Like that's the first thing I thought. Was, Wait, I don't know. He's got an accent. I've only been to New York City once. It was to see Romstein. You know, missing like Madison Square Garden, like the first time they've been in America in ten years. So we drove all night and went straight to Coney Island. I got there. We went to see the Troma building, which is now like a deli or something. <laughs> and then we saw Romstein that night. And it was the best fucking show I've ever been to in my life. Because Romstein is awesome. They are. I've never had a chance to see them live, but I've seen oh, I've seen clips of shows and it just looks fucking insane. Uh, they made a documentary about the one I went to. Um, was, I think it's just called Romstein and MSG. Oh, that's awesome. But, um, and also, being in, in Madison Square Garden, like, as a wrestler and a wrestling fan, oh, my God. Yeah. It was, the, it, like, uh, it was the perfect day. <laughs> Got a big piece of New York pizza. I wanted to go take a picture at 53rd and 3rd, because I, I love the remote. But we didn't get there. We, The three other people I went with wanted to go to the Nintendo store. Oh. Whatever. Got to pick up Kirby. <laughs> Uh, at any point, do you think you'll have a Coney Island hot dog eating contest at a show? In my younger days, probably. I probably would have. Now, as big as I am, I still I can't eat very much anymore. Like, I went to a Chinese buffet for the first time since the pandemic, like, a month ago, and I almost fucking died. Really? So I, went, I ate a plate <laughs> and a half, and I went into work like, oh, oh, God, <laughs> just, just, just kill me. <laughs> Fun. So long, I don't know. I looked at. I used to have a match called the County Island Street Fight. And it was basically like that's when you knew that a barbed bar wire board at least was coming, and everybody really looked forward to it. And uh, I'd like to do it again, but I mean, did you keep pocket sand? I had pocket sand, but I've never been able to. Use I feel like if you just did it and yelled pocket sand, a certain demographic would mark out. <laughs> a lot more of them now. A lot more people would get it now. Probably. All my references are lost on people. Like, like I used to watch Nick at Night growing up, and I'll make these references like all in the family or something, and yeah. my girlfriend's like, what? Yes, same. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, WandaVision was awesome because I used to watch all those shows. And... Uh, you know, people on the internet are like, what is this from? I'm like, God damn, did you watch, what did you watch late at night? I feel like I'm also one of the few people still making Aqua Teen references. Or Sea Lab references. I, 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 and that was like I said to my fucking, my best friend. I'm, I texted him, the other, or I think it was last month, I go, dude, Sea Lab isn't even set in the future anymore. This is fucking sad. I posted the theme song on New Year's Day. Like... Sea Lab, man. I can't swim, so like, I, I wouldn't go, but, you know. <laughs> I also don't want to get stung by scorpions. That's true. <laughs> I still think me 
<laughs> Me and my best friends don't say punch it, ho bag. <laughs> Way more than we should. It's like a koala bear craft a rainbow in my brain. <laughs> I get worried when bring that show back, but I mean, come on. Oh, okay. This one, what is the one weapon you want absolutely nothing to do with? Because there's always that one. <laughs> um, uh, pigeon spikes. I've dealt with the plastic ones, but those metal ones that Marcus had, man, if you could almost kill Marcus Green, you could fucking kill anyone. I, I, I never got the appeal of that one. And I mean, I, yes, I guess it aesthetically looks scary as shit, but they also are legitimately scary as shit. Yeah, like that's 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 the one for me. Although nothing barefoot, Sarah does barefoot stuff, and I know Colt did. Um, Sarah and Raven Havoc are going to do a barefoot match, like at the Colt Tribute Show, because you know. Yeah, makes sense. So like, I'm not doing that. No. And uh, then pigeon spikes, I don't want to do. And heights, I'm afraid of heights. Like when Tremont had his retirement match, um, and he got thrown off that. Scaffolding? Yeah. Balcony thing? It looks great, but, uh, dude, no. I would just be, like, when Cornette was, like, just on the uh, the scaffold up there, just laying down, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, heights is, is, is a no-go for me. So. God, that backyard wrestling uh, GCW show where Graver did that swanton off the roof? Yes. I was like, man, because, like, Sarah used to work with him in, like, Pittsburgh or something, RWA. That's how I, I was introduced to, 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 I'm trying not to call him by his real name, 2G Raver. And, um, like, the, he's super, super nice. Like, even at uh, King of the Death match, he came out because they introduced all the participants. And I yep. was like, G Raver? And he was like, yeah. And he looked around and saw his meeting and went, oh, hey, man, like, shook my hand. <laughs> Like he's the coolest, and I saw him do that, and I was like, "Man, please, just don't hurt yourself." Right, especially it's it's great to see him back after he did hurt himself. Uh, man, I'm so glad. I was so worried because he's like he was just he was like the hottest deathmatch wrestler in the country. He was. When he got hurt, and then I kept hearing like I felt like I'd never heard any positive updates. I kept hearing things like, "Oh, the nerve damage was worse than they thought." Oh, he might have oh, to man, go that in was again. The hardest to hear too, because he's a great art, like tattoo artist, also. Yeah. It was actually finding out that uh, that him, Schlack, and Atticus were all tattooed guys that made me think, man, I'm gonna get fucking like a like a whole sleeve of just flash art from wrestling tattoos. Oh, I I definitely want to get uh, G Raver to work on me and Schlack too. I've met Schlack twice and I'm a huge fan and like he was nice to me, but like it's still Schlack, you know what I mean? I. When- <laughs> It's one of those things where I told many people that I'm absolutely scared to death of Schlack. Like, I love watching him, but he scares the fuck out of me. And it was an ICW show. I actually finally got the nerve to walk up to him and ask for a picture. And I go, hey, Schlack, uh, can I have a picture? And don't yell at me because I'm scared the fuck out of you. And he's just like, why? I'm a nice guy. And just smiles at me. I'm like, maybe you are. I'm still fucking nervous. It's always, he's so, like, energetic. It's always that voice. Why? Oh, God, I don't know, man. Yeah. Don't hurt me. He was always super cool. I remember at Carnage Cup, he went on right before me, and it was him and um, Rob Marsh. 
And um, I was just sitting there, like, Slack was sitting there on the steps and uh, before, like, his, his match. And I was just staring at him because I was looking at his tattoos because he has great tattoos. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm really sorry to stare. It's just your tattoos are fascinating. You know, that was cool, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, their match was great. Rob Marsh was underrated. Yeah, he won't be right. death matches now. Uh, from the stuff I saw of his, I, I I agree with you, and and I guess in a sense, like referring to the tattoos, that's something I I kind of don't get, and I, I was something I talked to Alex Ocean about too. Is like, when you guys spend this much money on this work, and then you are wrestling in a field where there's a chance these could get ruined easily. <laughs> like, man, at Unholy Warfare, which is a North Carolina uh, deathmatch show that Raven Havoc does. Yes. Um. My first one, I got two bundles of tubes. I like got kind of concertoed with it, and it sliced up my arm. And I have a samurai tattoo. It's like a samurai, like jumping on two swords, and it sliced right through one of the swords. So like, the tip of the sword broke off, basically. Oh. And I was like, oh man, I got super glued back together wrong. <laughs> that night, uh, I went to the locker room, and that was because Cole was at the first death match I did, and. Um, it was Deathmatch Mafia. It was supposed to be New Jack and Tracy Smothers. But New Jack didn't show up, but Tracy did. Tracy is always a great guy, obviously. And um, Cole recognized me from there, and he was just like, Hey, man, you're like you're super cool. I love your match. You want to take a picture? Like, will you take a picture with me? I went, Jesus. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was like, every show that I'm on with Cole, we're taking a picture together. And, like, I've... One of the things that hurts the most is that I'll never get to do that again. Yeah, that part definitely. Sucks. But like, he was always just so happy. He's like, "Yeah, man, you know." He was always so happy, man. It's it is. It sucks. It's a shame. It really is. Now Marcus wrestled um, Brian Woods at Carnage Cup, and like, I only talked to Marcus Green a couple of times because he was always having to go back to Chicago. Yeah, but I love Marcus Crane. He is so cool. Um, his Dream Eater stuff is fantastic. Like, he's probably my favorite deathmatch wrestler to watch because you never know what he's going to do. No. no, you don't. And I'm glad that I. Uh, I'm sure you saw the video of him running the ropes again. That was mm-hmm. that was an awesome thing to see. I'm so glad because like. I mean, we're friends on Facebook. It's like, yeah, I'm wrestling Zicky Dice, and then nothing. And, no, like, nobody heard, or, you know, they finally said, like, he's really bad. And he was like, I don't know if I'll wrestle again. Now he's doing that. I was like, oh, man, thank God. Yes. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I don't believe in God, but, like, <laughs> not to sound like an edgy teenager, but, like, you know. Uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, oh, say, you know, thank whatever, like. Thank science. science. Rick Sanchez, whatever. <laughs> And like, uh, I like I would love to wrestle Marcus at some point. I'm sure they don't think much of me. Like, not they've never said anything, but like, you know, I would all of a sudden. Um, just he is just nuts. Like in in the best way. Um, I agree with you. He totally is, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. Me too. Oh, also, I'd love to wrestle Connor Blackson. That dude is way cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And his um, 
his entrance popped me the most. Him coming out in a full suit to Spirit in the Sky. <laughs> so that was my favorite entrance all night, even more than three months. That was cool. That was. You're right. Uh, you wouldn't think it would work. No, you don't. But, like, it really does. All right, uh, so the app I use cuts us off after an hour, so I'm just going to stop and then start right back up again. Sound good to you? Sure. All right. All right. So next question is, oh, yeah, this one. This one's uh, one I, I wanted to know since the first time I ever saw you wrestle. Is there a reason you bleed so goddamn much? Like, you bleed more than anyone I've ever seen. Um, I've, I've kind of always done that. Okay. And, like, it's, like, it was a joke back then, like, when I was just wrestling around here. They're like, well, if you need someone to bleed, get fucking Travis to do it. Because you'll, you'll paint the whole armory red. <laughs> I imagine it's high blood pressure due to obesity, but I like that's just speculation. Is it just that you're you're a heavy bleeder? Because I am, just naturally. Yeah, not so much anywhere but my face. I've noticed. Like I can cut my arm or my leg. Well, my legs are getting it now, but like because um, you know building barbed wire stuff, you get caught, and like uh, my arms, nothing. But you touch my forehead, bam. I don't know if you saw my match with Raven Havoc from uh, Brad's birthday show. He I stuck a gusset plate in my head, and they yes. had stopped the match because I was shooting blood out. It, and, and it was like it was like an instance like that was maybe just think I have to ask because and even when I when I was at the the October show for TBW and got to hang out in the back because I just need to say man. You bled so fucking much. Like, how is that possible? And, like, you just, your hair is just, like, still wet because there's so much blood. Yeah. Like, uh, I looked like uh, my hair was made out of straw when I got home because it was just, it was just blood. Like, like I could, like, if I held it straight out to the side, it would just stick out oh. like Aquanet because there's so much blood. And I was like, I don't know, man. I've, like, I'm very surprised I haven't ruined my girlfriend's, like, shower or washer or something. She's really good at stuff like that. She really takes care of me, and she's like, oh, you bled a lot. All right, I'll get it out. And everything turns out fine. Wow. She's like a magician, man. That's impressive. I'll make all this blood disappear. <laughs> you know who to call when there's a murder. <laughs> I asked her one time, because she didn't even like wrestling when we met. We met in high school. So, like, I was like, do you ever get worried? She went, no. I went, oh, okay, because she's seen me get real fucked up and um i was like you, you don't ever worry she was like oh no i know this is all you ever wanted to do like i know you love every minute of it so i'm not worried i know you know you know what basically what you can and can't do it's the only time she ever trusts me for something like that <laughs> she sure's fucking drive but like she, like when tank he um it was a top eight death match and we had the briefcase full of broken glass I carried it out to the ring and he curb stomped my face into it three times oh and there was that was uh, luckily that was the finish but uh they were like did you never worry and she was like oh no he knows what he's doing I was like oh okay well that is trust and the tank was another one like I used to get um uh wild side on our local, like, antenna. Yeah. And I used to watch Tank and the Devil's Rejects when I was in high school. Because I had the Devil's Rejects shirt. I had the same one that he had. And I was like, oh, man, like, look at this. <laughs> and then I got to wrestle him in Georgia. Like, in the Wild Side Arena. Yeah. It was fucking wild. 
it does have to be those crazy like moments of holy shit. And I was just like, man, I just don't want him calling me shitbird. <laughs> and uh, I told him, and he just laughed. And like after the match, he was like, no, you're not shitbird. I'm like, oh fuck, man, I must be doing something right. <laughs> I've made it. Uh, besides Tank, who are some of the favorite people you've had a chance to work with in wrestling? Obviously, Brad. I have great chemistry with Brad. We've known each other for a long time. Um, Brad is so, like, giving for people that he cares about. Yes. Brad has a big heart, and, like, he will do anything for someone he cares about. And, um... Uh, he got me booked at IWA Mid-South, and he got me on Carnage Cup and stuff like that. And he introduced me to Kevin Brandon, which, like, you know, he was he meant well. But, like, uh, he was, every match I have with Brad, I not only learned something, but it's it's good. Yeah. Um, Raven Havoc, I've learned, I'm actually, like, I have good chemistry with. You do. He's so small. But, like, so it's kind of like, um, when you're fighting one of the uh, the Titan dudes on Arkham Asylum and they're just swatting and you got to run around as Batman and beat him up, that's me and Raven, I feel like. Because <laughs> like, by the time I turn around, he's already hit me five times. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you come here. <laughs> he's better than people give him credit for, too. Oh, he totally is. <sighs> he's someone that could be a gigantic player on a lot of these deathmatch shows given the chance, and I'm, I'm not sure why he isn't being featured in that role. It's hard to say. Uh, part of it's the southern thing, I'm sure. I know he went up to fight Kid Osborne, and it was really good, and he was Graver's partner. And, um, like, he always did good, but, I mean, probably because he's so far away. I mean, that that probably is a hard thing, too, because, I mean... It's got to be worth the trip. And yeah, it's one of those things, like, you're paying trans for the guys to come in to Philly from Jersey. That's one thing. But to come in to Philly from North Carolina, you know. Yeah. That's a ways. <laughs> Definitely. All right, and uh, this one, what are some of your plans for the future? Um, what I'm going to do, I'm focused now on a match with Cannonball. Because I've always respected him, like, not only as a wrestler, but as a person. Yes. He's a great person. But, um, my cardio is really bad, and it always has been. So I'm trying to, I'm going to work on that. Because I've got till May 1st. And, uh, I'm going to build some cool weapons, hopefully. And, like, basically, wrestle him and not fuck it up. Okay, that's fair. Because I'm always so nervous. I'm always just like, man, why of all people do they want me to come do this? Like, I always feel like imposter syndrome, I think is what it's called. I'm like, why? Like, they're going to find out that I'm not any good. But people keep booking me and keep liking what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, well, if they like it, who am I to tell them they're wrong? (laughs) I'm always worried they're going to find out I'm not good. But... They seem to either overlook it or they don't think that way. <laughs> and uh, for people who may not uh, know what show he's talking about, it is the uh, the Colt Forty Five Memorial Show. It uh, just had a venue change. Uh, yeah, where is it now? I'm trying to remember the Chatterbox name. Tavern. Yes, in, in Knoxville, Knoxville. Uh, which should be insane because I know the, uh, the Smoky Mountain Athletics. 
while it is an awesome venue, it really is cool, and I can't believe how loud that building gets. I know they're kind of anti-glass right now, so the crazier shit you guys will be able to do outside is going to be fucking nuts. I just went to a show there last weekend, and Sarah wrestled Mickey Knuckles. Yeah, I was pumped about that. Man, I watched it, and Sarah legitimately is one of the toughest people I've ever met, and also obviously one of the coolest. She's my best friend, but like, she's always wanted, ever since I met her, um, she's wanted to wrestle Mickey. So she wrestles Mickey, and they're fighting in the crowd at this bar, and Mickey just slams a beer bottle into her head. It just explodes. It's just like the Warriors video game. <laughs> Bam! Fucking glass everywhere. And, I, and like, Sarah did not even bleed. Like, it's, it's not, also not the first time somebody's hit her with a beer bottle. But, like, you know, she just, it, like, didn't even blink. And I was like, holy shit, man. I, I remember it was after Mickey had her thing with uh, Danny on Facebook. And it was people asking, like, where she wanted, where they wanted her to show up. And somebody mentioned TPW. So then I just started tagging fucking Hack and Matt and, and, and yeah. Steven. And I was, was like, guys, guys, look at this shit. And I'm glad that they made something work because uh, I hope she, she shows up more. She won't, uh, that Mickey won't get booked there. Like, I get Danny's point. But, like, Mickey in uh, the fight pit would be great. Oh, yeah. I would love to do that. Like, I love uh, everything they're doing up there, like the chain ropes and stuff. The fire pit, I had that, like, I'm not, like, all wrestlers are like, oh, I thought of that first. But, like, MMA was a big deal around here for a while. And I was like, you know what I'd like to put in there? Some fucking weapons. (laughs) We were talking about this in October. (laughs) It's like, that would be real cool. Like, uh, like the lion's den from SummerSlam 99. Yeah, and you like, said, like... Have put, like, barbed wire and light tubes and shit. And you said people laughed you off, and now look at it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. I'm glad someone was able to do it. Like, fuck. I would love to get in there. I'd love to see Raven Havoc in there. And, uh, Brad. Like, because Brad, like, legitimately take, like... I don't know if he still does, but he took martial arts. Like, he was a real athlete. And, like, um... You know, he was a bouncer and shit. Like, he could really, like, in a real MMA fight, could probably, like, fuck some people up. If I'd love to see him in there with somebody like, uh, oh, God, Shane Mercer. Yeah. If Brad doesn't, if Brad ever gets the opportunity to go in the pit and he doesn't do it as some type of, like, fucking Ray Bloodsport cosplay, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I would love to get Brad anything but those fucking jeans and shirts he wears. <laughs> <laughs> Although his outfits now are much better, the one he wore at IWA like last night was was better. Yeah, but for a while it was just those jeans that are like holier than balls Mahoney's and I'm like, man, because it, it really like people really judge based on what he wears, and they don't see how good he really is. I can see where where you're coming from with that, but yeah, he definitely that was a cool surprise to hear that he showed up and that he wrestled in Saint Lane. I was like, holy fuck, I can't wait to see this show now. The, the the weirdest part was, like, me and Sarah just tagged last night. And uh, she was like, yeah, he went to... I think I think she said he was going to Flop House. And then, like, oh, it's IWA against Insane Lane, of all people. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, man, that was awesome for it him. It was a surprise to everybody. It was. And uh, I hope he made, you know, got to hang out with some people and build some connections there. Because there was a lot of people there that, you know, can maybe put in a word and... 
help him out. I hope so. Then not only because he's really good, but because wherever Brett goes, he'll need a jobber at some point, and there I am. That's right. You're the uh, you're the you're the drive guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I don't know if you've ever listened to my podcast. If you haven't, I understand. It's uh, the way you feel about your wrestling is the way I kind of feel about this. <laughs> that I'm that I'm that I'm terrible, but somehow people still listen. <laughs> I'm sure you're you're better podcaster than I am wrestling. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I love you. I really do. You've grown on me so much. I appreciate that, man. Um, <laughs> I've been a big fan since we met in Knoxville. Well, I'd love to come up and wrestle like uh, for Hardstrong sometime, but like, goddamn, getting there. We will figure it out. I promise that. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. All right. Well, uh, fuck, I've got a Toyota now. Like, I could get there, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I know how much gas it takes. <laughs> yeah, I've done the trip. <laughs> like I, I thought, like, hey, it's a four-cylinder truck. <laughs> It'll be great on gas. Yeah, I mean, if all the other shit wasn't blown out, maybe. But, I mean, it's a 99, and it's been serviced by a bunch of um, carny mechanics. <laughs> the seedy world of carny mechanics. That's a fucking documentary. <laughs> uh, if I ever come up there, by the way, I have to see... Um, did you ever watch the first Gone in 60 Seconds? No, I didn't. All right. It came out in 1974, and this dude, the guy that made it, bought every car that was wrecked in that movie and wrecked them himself. Like, he financed the whole thing. He has, like, this... The oldest towing company uh, was... Hall His name's H.B. Hallecky, and it was Hallecky Towing in upstate New York. Uh, it's, like, the oldest towing company in New York State. And I was like, if I ever come up there, I'm going to see that, too. <laughs> I feel like the weirdest thing about upstate New York is that there's the... There's what there's what some people call upstate New York, and that's pretty much everything up in the city. And then you get us people who actually live there and have like a definitive border of where upstate really starts. <laughs> yeah, they're like upstate New York, and they mean like the Hamptons. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is how it works. Once you get above the city, you're in like the fucking southern tier, and then that that goes to like maybe oh at least Kingston, farther than Kingston. And then once you hit Albany and up, that's pretty much upstate. And I'm like an hour northwest of Albany sitting. I'm, I'm in the foothills of the Adirondacks. What mountains? I can, uh, I'm familiar. Like, yeah. So it's similar is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it is. It's very similar, <laughs> which is, it's weird when you think about how much you can compare certain things. Yeah. I mean, isn't it like, except we don't have the, the greatest city in the world anywhere near us, but I mean, I guess we have Atlanta, you know. I, I've been to Atlanta and I liked Atlanta more than I liked New York City. I went to Atlanta for WrestleMania. I did not like that WrestleMania, but Atlanta was like. Did you go to the world of Coca-Cola? I'm a Pepsi guy. Oh, oh, that hurts me. <laughs> I, I don't like. One of the reasons I love punk so much was because I wanted a Pepsi tattoo on my shoulder. <laughs> and I was flipping through PWI, and I was like, this fucking dude has this tattoo I've had this idea of. And uh, I was a huge fan ever since. <laughs> All right, man. Well, now it is time for these random questions, and I guess that one was just kind of one unexpectedly. So <laughs> are, you, are you ready? I am 
Well, I'm not always ready, but I'm very ready now. All right. Uh, this one is asked to every single person on the show, and I will judge you for it. Grape or strawberry jelly? Strawberry. No, no, I'm grape jelly gang for life. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can do grape, but I don't like, I don't know, I don't like it as much. I don't. I actually like blackberry. Oh, yeah, that's actually really good. I just, I don't we know what it is. jellies and shit, like people make their own stuff down here, you know? So, like, especially local blackberry jelly, man. I had a, the house I grew up in, outside my window, there was a, a raspberry and a blackberry bush. And I used to kind of reach out and grab some at night. That was one of the coolest things about growing up there. <laughs> that actually does something. Uh, number two, what is your favorite fast food chicken chain? Um, like, for just, like, chicken on the bone, it's KFC. But for fucking everything else, it's Popeye's. Like, I can't get behind Chick-fil-A because they're, like, no, practices. I, I, I can't do Chick-fil-A. No, I'm with you there. But, my God, like, I we didn't get a Popeye's here until 2014 or something, and Sarah was like, no, dude, you got to try Popeye's. And so, finally, I tried Popeye's. And I go there, like, twice a week. That's why I'm <laughs> in the shape I'm in. They're shrimp, too. Like, they're yeah, good. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, the closest one to me is an hour. Uh, I actually had it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was out there and I was like because every time she's out that way she's like what do you want me to get I'm like Popeye she's like I don't know because it's like in a sketchier part of town I'm like I don't give a shit I will risk being shot and or stabbed for some Popeye's yeah hi me too uh, what is a movie or TV death that had you so pissed off um more sad than pissed off, but also pissed off was uh, obviously Opie on Sons of Anarchy. I'm one of the eight yeah, people in the world who's never seen that show. Uh, the first two seasons, three seasons are really good, then it just kind of goes off the rails. Like, not, I mean, it's not like Archie's place, but like, it's almost like the crime too hard. I, I guess in a weird, and this is probably like the dumbest fucking way to put it, but this is the easiest way I can explain it, is that my dad was a biker, and growing up, and when your dad knows dudes in the bike clubs, it like kind of didn't appeal, because I'm like, oh, I just, I know what those people are like. So, yeah. why, so why do I want to watch a, you know, a dramatized version? Like, I've met oh, some of man. these people. <laughs> uh, oh, here's an underrated one. Fucking, you, uh, you ever watch Bojack Horseman? I've wanted to, but I haven't started it. Man, there's one on Bojack Horseman. I won't spoil it then, but like, um, yeah, I mean, you'll know when you see it. It is, it is rough. It still like kind of haunts me today. I mean, I used to make Sarah watch it, and uh, but I'm like, in a lot of ways, I'm like Bojack Horseman because he just hates himself and like <laughs> hates everything he does. But like. Uh, man, that one, that, uh, there's a rough one on there. And you would think, like, it's an animated, like, cartoon. It's going to be like Family Guy, but, uh, like, it's, it'll, you know, it'll oh. fuck you up if you're not ready. Oh, those are the worst ones. <laughs> uh, let's brighten it up with this question. <laughs> What's an exotic animal you want as a pet? Uh, uh, any big cat. I love cats. Yeah? There's, there's nothing that scares you about that? Oh, yeah, I mean, they could kill me, but I mean, they're still cats. Someone pet them. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was going to do like a bigger cat, I want it to be like a smaller big cat. Like, I want to feel like maybe I have a better chance at punching out a bobcat than I do like a panther. <laughs> Man, uh, specifically, like, I mean, a tiger, of course, but like an ocelot. Oh, that'd be it's cool, like, I yeah. I Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I have Metal Gear Solid tattoos. Like, I love, you know, everything Metal Gear Solid, but also Archer. I was like, I would love to have an ocelot. And they're smaller, or too. Or a bat. You know. <laughs> like one of the big flying fox bats. That would be awesome. Uh, my dad had, like, a sugar glider at one point. And it sounds cool until you realize they're nocturnal. And they're just fucking making noise all night. And you're like, I have to fucking wake up in the morning. Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> that would drive me crazy. That's why I hate birds. Well, I mean, I don't hate birds, I guess. But, like, I, I used to date a girl and her mom... I had birds and it was just all night was them like chirping and shit. And yeah. I was like, God, we shut up and go to bed. <laughs> I, I've grown up with that. My mom is a has always been a bird person. There was always multiple birds in our house. Uh, at this point, she only has one, but it is a very large African gray parrot. And I mean, he's all right, but <laughs> you know, I've he, heard those are very interesting. The weirdest thing was I, I read um, the Harris brothers had one. Or they each had one or whatever. I don't know. But uh, they could speak like 50 words. Yeah. He doesn't and speak, but... Now that I've grown up and, like, researched a little more into the Harris Brothers, I'm wondering what some of those words are. But Oh, you know, oh I'm sure they're very they're anti-Semitic. Is it, is it weird to think that there might have been one point on that early 90s WF roster, roster where there was three dudes with Nazi tattoos? Man, way too prevalent. Then that's another thing I hate is they're like, because oh. I'm on Reddit because like I'm a loser with no life. And they're every time Schlag comes up, somebody's like, Schlag's a fucking Nazi. And I'm like, man, fuck you. You don't even know Schlag. Yeah, like, no. Not that I do, but like, holy shit, no, he isn't. No, he is not. And like, he is the opposite. And I mean, I, I don't know if this will get me any heat from my from the other people. Uh, who may be of Jewish background like I am, but I don't think Schlack is a Nazi at all. I just, man, they this, these people that have never met him and don't know, you know, because I know people like Schlack, and I've met Schlack, and, like, you can't judge a person, real, like, their real character from meeting him twice, but, like, man, you can pretty much tell somebody's a Nazi or not generally. Yeah, you, you usually get the hint, you know, Ten minutes into someone, a conversation they'll have. <laughs> yeah. All right, and uh, the final one, the standard bearer of the show. What is the creepiest basement you've ever been in, and why? Uh, shit. At this point, it's probably mine. It's like you go in, and there's like, here's a shopping cart with like three <laughs> guitars and like some barbed wire, and here's a barrel full of light tubes, and you know. Here's like 15 doors and like five tables and shit. And they're like, what is all this for? But there's no... There's also... Yeah, well, part of the lights don't work in part of my house. Because I'm not an electrician. But like... Uh, so like the further back you go, the darker it gets. And then we used to have a... Uh, like a coal room. So it's like, why is... Why is there a basement? Everything's dark. And then suddenly a cinder block room. Like... Partitioned off from this basement. What the fuck is going on? Down okay, there? yeah, I can see how that in the floor. <laughs> that would you know, like it really looks like a level from Manhunt. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> man, that one. 
fair. It does. At first, I was like, I don't know. But then, as you explained, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I see where this is going. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, I can see. Also, black widow spotters, and I'm like, ah, oh, cool. Get that shit in my hair. <laughs> Hi man, that is everything I got. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, I, I did too. I'm sorry for him. Oh no, dude, those are my favorite parts. I love just just the random rambling, and it was like I was telling you before we even started. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of you as a person. Uh, I do find you incredibly hilarious, and <laughs> I I just I I really you're way better than you give yourself credit for, and I wish nothing but eternal success for you and whatever you want it to be. I feel the same about you. Uh, well, I do, I've listened to one episode of your podcast, and I do plan on listening to more. You know, I you really should do do stuff. I'm really excited for Hard Strong. I really hope it's a success. Like I really I appreciate any like anytime somebody thinks well of me because I don't. <laughs> but you know, I, that's awesome, man. Thank you. And uh, you want to throw out where people can can follow you at. I don't know if there's merch or not. I haven't seen any. <laughs> there used to be merch. I'm thinking about making more because people are like, hey, do you have like 8x10s? Do you have t-shirts? And um, the one the big one of the big collectors, uh, Anthony uh, Mossow, I think that's how you say it. Sorry, Anthony, if it's not. <laughs> um, he was like, hey, do you have any more Travis Dyke shirts? I never got to get one. I was like, fuck, man, I got to make more shirts. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably go through Josh Green, uh, his... Um, True Aim printing or whatever because yes. Josh he won um, the Carnage Cup I was at and he's he's a great guy he is and he's so another I'll one who doesn't get enough credit or doesn't get placed in the places he should be or uh, Deathmatch Worldwide just started and like you know I'm friends with Corey on Facebook and when he started he messaged me and I was he was like hey have you seen this I was like man I thank you so much because I mean, the pro wrestling tease is what it is but like there's nothing just for deathmatch wrestlers, and there's such a growing fan base. There. Oh yeah, and like I was, I'm so glad someone started it. So uh, if I ever get better, I'll <laughs> ask him about getting on there, and uh, hopefully get some shirts out. Um, oh, uh, before I talk about my Twitter, there's a uh, I don't know a merch person. She goes by Ash Dabbath. She made a really awesome um, Megumi Kudo shirt that I just got. And it's like, uh, I got my girlfriend some earrings that are like broken light tubes and they're like glittery. <laughs> She's really good. Like, look her up on Instagram. She has Nancy Sword and stuff. Uh, uh, do you definitely check her stuff out? Have you ever heard of Death by Lariat, the clothing people? Yeah. Uh, I got their Megumi Kudo shirt and I loved it, but. British sizes do run a little smaller, and sadly, it does not fit me that well, but I've gotten my wife to wear it now, so I feel like that's that's okay. I mean, she doesn't know who Megumi Kudo is, and that kind of bothers yeah. me, but... <laughs> like, I have a... Uh, we just got a kitten, and they're like, it was a girl, and they're like, what do you want to name her? I'm like, I don't know, man. Megumi Kudo. So, like, I have this cat, Megumi Kudo. My girlfriend was like, uh, I'm gonna call it macaroni. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ! Like, 
Although when it's you not hard, just learn this. When you but though when you, when you point out you realized it should have been Megumi Kato, you were totally dead on. That. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man! I still see. I even forget now to call it that. Um, yeah, that was Coney Island because like hardcore wrestler Coney Island um I have an Instagram I think it's the same thing and I have a Facebook and like I'm funny on there but it's just <laughs> under my real name which is actually your wrestling name which is great I love it when it's the same thing <laughs> yeah like I used to carry a staple gun in high school and like staple stuff to my like money to my head and y'all keep the money and uh but I was poor in, in high school and I was like, okay, I can buy a fucking drink now and give me this and I'll staple it and I can buy lunch. And so everybody was like, oh man, like you're, you're totally going to do this. And then when I got into wrestling, I was like, well, it's got to be my real name because everybody fucking knows. <laughs> knows that I can do crazy shit. Yeah, like everybody's going to expect that now. So <laughs> Travis Dykes it is. And if I want to change my gimmick 14 years down the line, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Travis. Uh, uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a great night. Uh, stay you safe. Too, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, hope your 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 vaccine appointment goes well and that the, you have no side effects. Oh man, me too. My, my mom. I'm get in the gym and not be a fat piece of shit all the time. <laughs> that's... Like, I think that would be the thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing for all people of our size. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, that's what I keep hearing. <laughs> All right, man. You take care and you stay safe. You too, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Travis Dykes again. Can't say enough great things about him. He's a dude that I, uh, I'm i a big fan of. And uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this one. I don't see why you couldn't. He's, he's fucking hilarious. And he might be hard on himself, but... Go check out go check out his stuff. You can easily find matches of his on YouTube. Uh, TPWs has their own Roku channel, and they have plenty of stuff on YouTube you can find too. Can't you know? It's not hard to find people and find matches that you want to see if you you know look hard enough. And that's all I got for that. Uh, now where to find me on social media? You know how it goes. Facebook is alone in the basement twitter's eight at uh, aitv podcast instagram is also alone in the basement uh wrestle association heartstrong gumi i actually have to make the next announcement uh as soon as i get off doing this so probably by the time it's posted that one will already be up on facebook uh so just find wrestle association heartstrong gumi gumi is g-u-m-i uh just um we're we're getting closer we are less than three months away from the first show Absolutely insane to think of. Uh, and as always, thank you to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Shelby, who is upstairs right now uh, dealing with three kids who are uh, a little more feistier than usual today. Uh, she, uh, she, you know, without her, this is nothing. She brought home Popeyes today. That's, that's what a, a real best friend does. They bring you Popeyes. And uh, if you're by any chance looking for any cool vintage clothing, uh, she's got that on lock, uh, on Facebook at thrift style mama. I think there's underscores in there, but I can't remember when she just sold a fucking sweet unicorn denim jacket, uh, which, uh, I mean, I feel like that should be everyone's aesthetic. We need more sweet denim jackets back. And, uh, I love all you guys and I will talk to you soon. Bye.